If you can't wait a whole month for our next episode, you can join our Patreon membership for early releases and exclusive content for only $5 a month at patreon.com slash transgender school. And you can rent our 90-minute course, Transgender Allyship 101, where we reenact my coming out and teach you how to be a true ally to any trans person in your life at vimeo.com slash on demand slash trans ally. Welcome to the Transgender School podcast, where we talk about diverse LGBTQ identities and experiences so that we can all be better allies and advocates. I'm Bridget. My daughter Jackie came out as a transgender woman when she was 19. I was totally unprepared, but I've learned a lot since then. When I came to terms with my identity, I realized that I needed to transition, but coming out was very stressful. Now I want to help other trans people navigate their own experiences. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Transgender School podcast. We are so, so thrilled and honored to have a very special guest with us today, Jeanette Jennings, who you all know, I'm sure, as the mom of Jazz Jennings from the show we all know and love, I Am Jazz. Jeanette, we are so happy to have you here. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. You guys are fun and easy to talk to. So I know we're going to have a good time together. And hopefully, you know, in this podcast, people can learn more about me than just what they see on I Am Jazz. Yes, that's what we want. We want to know all about you. And we see one little slice of your wonderful family life on the show. And we're going to dive into a lot more for our our listeners and our viewers. Hi, Jackie. Good morning. Good afternoon, Jackie. Welcome to the show, everyone. And thank you so much, Jeanette, for being here. My pleasure. My pleasure. All right. So I'll take just a minute to introduce Jeanette, even though we all know and love her. I will tell you all the things about her that make us so honored and proud to have her here with us. And then we'll dive into our questions. So Jeanette Jennings is the proud mom of four adult children who we know and love from their show, including, of course, her 22-year-old transgender daughter, activist Jazz. Jeanette is happily married to her soulmate, Greg. We just found out that we are all going to be celebrating our 30th anniversary this year. You got married six days apart, exactly from me and my spouse, Neil, who's Jackie's loving dad. So we're all celebrating 30th anniversary this year. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Happy anniversary. (laughs) Happy anniversary. Thank you. And uh, Jazz, of course, was diagnosed with gender dysphoria at age three, so young, and socially transitioned to a girl at age five to living as a girl. Jeanette and her family decided to share Jazz's story with Barbara Walters on 2020 when Jazz was six years old. And since then, she's been a fierce advocate for transgender youth. Jeanette spreads her message of unconditional love and acceptance through media and speaking engagements throughout the U.S., which we love her for and are so grateful for. And we hope to be doing the same, all in the same, on the same side, working for our kids uh, and all of our LGBTQ loved ones. So Jeanette is the president and co-founder of the Trans Kids 
purple rainbow foundation which helps transgender youth and her family filmed a documentary for oprah's own network i'm such an oprah fan that's amazing in 2011 we all are of course uh and it was called i am jazz a family in transition and currently of course she and her family are the subjects of tlc's award-winning docuseries i am jazz which i have watched every single episode of i'm a huge fan of the show so people it's a little surreal moment here to be with Jeanette because I've seen her family through many years from when Jazz was 14 to now 22, all of the experiences that they've shared as a family. Jeanette, you are just such a role model for a loving mom, a supportive mom for all four of your kids. You know, you're we are in a shared unique situation, both having a transgender daughter and being advocates for our kids and for all transgender kids, but just seeing the funny moments, the relatable moments, the tears. I have cried with you so many times. You're just meeting me for the first time, but of course I feel like, but we've cried together and we've uh, laughed that, together. Cry, that cry. <laughs> I don't see it that way. No, I see it as real. Those are the real tears yes. that we all cry. And so you normalize all of it for us. And I'm just so grateful to you for that. So I could go on and on. Jackie's probably like enough, mom. We know you're a fan. <laughs> so I'm going to turn it over to Jackie to start the questions, but thank you again for being here, Jeanette. We're so grateful. I'm so happy to be here and I'm looking forward to a wonderful conversation. Uh, you guys are great. And I think we're going to have a lovely time and we'll hopefully laugh a lot. No cries. Yes. Okay? Yes. No we'll try. We'll try to stay Tears. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Jeanette. So please tell us a little bit more about you and your family, including some of the things that we and our audience might not have seen on the show. Okay. Well, I know on the show way in the beginning, it was talked about how my husband and I grew up together. I'm going to try to condense this. I'm not going to, you know, go into the whole thing, but here's the mini version. When I was growing up, we had a small neighborhood and there was this boy down the street named Greg, and he was a year younger than me. And when you're kids, you don't do the year younger. So um, he would play with my brother and I would be like, play, because he ended up marrying me. And now we play. And that's my little joke. That's not so funny, but... Anyway, so he would go hang out with my brother and, and he would throw rocks at his head. And I'm like, this is a mean boy next door. I, I don't want anything to do with him. And then we fast forward and I go to an engagement party for one of my friends who just happens to be marrying Greg's brother. And in walks Greg, this boy next door that I've known my entire life at the age of 22. I hadn't seen him since high school. And I'm like, whoa, you know who's that? <laughs> I'd like that in my life. <laughs> and sure enough, it was a sort of love at re first sight because he told me that day that he had had a crush on me since we were like 12 years old. He said at summer camp, when I would go in the pool, he would get like tingly all over because I was in the pool. So I'm like, I didn't know. I, I have to say, you know, you are not somebody I had a crush on, but I'm very sorry. Um, <laughs> and, but I'm glad that we ended up together because mm. as you know, we have these four amazing kids and Ari came to us in 1995 and uh, shortly thereafter, the twins arrived when she was two in 1998 and we, we had closed up shop. I said to my husband, you know, it's time for you to get fixed because I can't do this anymore. Babies, babies, babies. And I love babies, but there were so many at one time. And sure enough, one day I woke up and I'm like, I'm not feeling so well today. I think I have the flu. And there was a stomach flu that never went away. And I took the old pregnancy test and I, uh, 
It's like, oh my God, I have three babies and I'm having another child. And um, we did this test with the, I think it's um, a necklace you go over the stomach. And if it goes Mm -hmm. one way, it's a girl. It goes one way, it's a boy. And it was like shouting, girl, girl, girl. And I was like, I was sure I was going to have another girl. Mm -hmm. I was really sure. But ultrasound clearly stated you're having another boy, which is great and wonderful. And um, Jazz came to us. And now I had four babies under the age of five, four kids under the age of five. And I, I, instead of having a designer bag, like my mom, Jackie, I walked around with a diaper bag for seven straight years, <laughs> seven straight years. And this is stuff, you know, see on I Am Jazz. And you can ask any questions you want about the kids. Now I could say that Ari is working towards her PhD in experimental psychology. She's just unbelievable. And Sander is a digital strategist. Like he went and got his master's degree in this. And uh, he just knows how to do everything online and make money for other people online, which he'd help me with that because I don't know what I'm doing. And then my little Griffey, I call him that because he's the younger twin by a minute and he's smaller. And um, he is in law school at the University of Florida, where he's just added on more time to get his tax LLM. So I'm really proud of him. And Jazz, our little Jazz, is now 22 and she's a sophomore at Harvard. And of course, I'm as proud of all of my kids. They're all doing wonderful things. And I guess I kind of, in a nutshell, fast forwarded through my life, my husband meeting, I think is very important until now. And yeah, that's a little bit, that was a question a little bit about me and my family. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah, I just want to say I'm so thankful that you shared all that because I didn't know, I watched all the show and I didn't know all of the story of your background with Greg and everybody in the family. And we so appreciate that. And you're, I feel like when I'm watching, I wish there was a whole other reality show about you and Greg and your love story, because it's so beautiful. (laughs) And just seeing how you two support each other, really, and how you've worked together to really support, especially all of your kids, but with what you've experienced with jazz. And my husband and I, Neil, we always say that we've gotten closer through Jackie came out at 19 and we had no idea. And we were grappling with what does this mean? And and there's so much to learn and there's so much of a transition for everybody in the family. And when you have a loving partnership like that, just it means so much and it's so important and you model that beautifully. So thank you for sharing more of your love story because I think it's... It deserves you know more airtime. So good. <laughs> you make me feel warm and fuzzy. I really oh. over to your house moving. Well, you make um, me feel warm. I've had all these hours of having you make me feel warm and fuzzy <laughs> and crying with you and laughing with you. And you have a very silly fun side too that I love I when that comes do. out on the I show. Can be very naughty also. <laughs> I'm like, very I want to have a cocktail funny. with you one day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you do with I, your I friends. Drink the straws you've seen. And I, I see. I know. Very fast. Just get them in me, you know, just. Get me tipsy right away. Same here. I'm here for the same here. Ready to just, yeah, let go, let loose, have fun. Yes. (laughs) That is all my motto. I I agree about when you said it's a family in transition. That's why we named the first documentary. I am jazz a family in transition because we didn't want to put the spotlight just on her. It's on the whole family. And it did bring my husband and I closer together. You know, we're like, we're in this together. We're on a ride together. We're going to do this. And I see some families, unfortunately, we're, breaks them apart. And that mm-hmm. makes me really sad because, you know, know, here you have a, a transgender kid that needs both their parents mm-hmm. and this caused a wedge. And mm-hmm. that really breaks my heart. So I'm happy to hear that it brought you closer to together. And I have to say my husband and I, it's been quite a journey, but we try to stay on the same page. Nothing is perfect, 
but we really check in with each other and try to stay on the same page. Although I'm a little bit silly and goofy and, and he's not always so silly and goofy. And so he's like the straight guy. In fact, like if the kids were little and we went to a birthday party and kids were running all over and there was like a lake or something nearby, he would be that one dad there with all the children, not just my children, but everybody's kids. He's like, mm-hmm. is anyone watching the children? So he's the overprotective one on the show, <laughs> especially this season. They're like, mom is so overbearing. No, that yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. So just put it right there. He will admit it too. Like he's worse than me when it comes to being protective and sometimes meddling in. So yeah. 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 Right there. And sometimes that dynamic is a good thing because you complement each other. You balance each other. I think Jackie can probably relate, right? Like your, your dad's that more, we have kind of a similar dynamic. Are you thinking that as we're talking about this, Jackie, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I mean, you two definitely have a a different dynamic and I think that it's good to, you know, it, it works in certain ways. Sometimes you have one parent who is going to instill more discipline and one parent who you might be more comfortable sharing your emotions with. And I think that's that's not always a bad thing. It's so true, Jackie. I feel that, you know, we have different roles and it's not like, oh, he's the father, she's the mother. Um, it's interesting because I the girls aren't very close and he's close with them. But I'm like, you don't have daddy's girls. Like I watch television shows where there's like the daddy's girl. I'm watching one now, but I don't know, get into the name of it. It's Yellowstone. And, uh, and, <laughs> and I don't know if you watch, but like Kevin Costner's daughter, Beth, they have a very intense father-daughter relationship. Mm. And I'm like, right, you never had that. Like if anything, I'm the warm and fuzzy and that end of it. He's not going to hug you all the time, but he'll say, I love you. So it's interesting. Like as much as he loves his kids, the boys, they're, I think they have that sport thing with him that I just, yeah. I don't know how they're all athletic because I didn't give it to them. So um, (laughs) we do have our roles. He was the soccer dad coach and I was the soccer mom sideline person. Right. There you go. Right. Right. I love that. Well, every, you know, you can see with your family, everybody has their own kind of unique dynamic in the family and provides different things for each other. And the siblings are also close too, which is so yes, wonderful to see. They have each other's backs. Yeah, I love that. I love that. But yes, parenting is quite the quite the journey, quite the challenging job. And we all do the best we can and we all play mm-hmm. our unique mm-hmm. role with our kids. So I say it's the job you clock into and you don't clock out of. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> until you're in another place. Exactly. You never, and nobody told me that. Like when I had, when I first had kids, I know Jackie, we need to let you talk to me, but you know, don't you think like when you first have kids, you think about, oh, they're going to be these cute little babies that I get to dress up and play with. And then you think that you just think about that. You don't think about how when they're adults and they go off and you're going to worry about them and they're going to choose their own lives that you have no well, you have a little say, but very little. (laughs) They're going to go off and do their own thing. And it's, a wonderful journey, a wonderful journey full of surprises, I, love I think. I, I love you it. Know. I always wanted to be a mom. I love every part of it. And I have to say, when the kids were younger, there were little problems like, oh, I fell off my bicycle. Older kids have bigger problems. Yeah. They do. It, yes. It, and it, it's true. I was told this and I'm like, how can that be? They're adults. <laughs> Adult problems are really serious problems. Like, yes. Little kid problems, you know, okay, so Johnny, your best friend and you aren't friends anymore, but there's this one down the street, you know, like kids... I I felt it was easier when they were younger. Sorry, big. Yeah. I've told them this before. 
It's true. Yeah, I, it's... I miss the days when the worst uh, feud that I was engaged in was over a RuneScape account that I shared with a friend that we got into. <laughs> that a was such over. a crisis, though. <laughs> I remember <laughs> the video um, game. But oh, on, on the topic of parenting, Jeanette, we would love it if you could take us back to when this transition journey first began for your family and tell us a bit about what it was like when Jazz first came out. Yeah, I don't even know what to call it with Jazz coming out because it wasn't a formal, I'm out of the closet. It was, hello, my name is Jaren. That's Jazz's birth name. And um, I'm a girl. <laughs> that was like, once speech was there, she stated she was a girl. And even before that, she gravitated towards everything girly, always had a doll in her hands. This is before this child is walking. We have a picture of Jazz holding a dolly while she's teething, while she is teething, she is acting like a girl. And, you know, by three, we were like, okay, you know, maybe we have a gay son. That's okay. That's, a, oh, that's fine. And I just felt it was something more. So we thought having a master's in clinical counseling, I'm like, I remember reading about people with gender identity disorder, which they called it back then. And I, I feel like this is very strong. Like she insists and the teacher's say they have never seen anybody so insistent. So I opened what was called the DSM-4, which I now think is a five or six. And I opened it up and it said that children could be, well, not transgender, but children can have gender identity disorder. And I was like, oh, and there are these little check boxes. And they're like, if you can check off like four out of five of these boxes, then you're going to diagnose the child with gender identity disorder. So I literally diagnosed jazz. And not knowing what to do with that, I went to a specialist who worked with transgender adults. And at three years old, she looked at me and she said, your daughter is transgender. And I don't know how to help her because I've never had a three-year-old patient. I work with adults. And she brought in an adult trans woman to talk to me. And I was just so scared. Not that I was not accepting, but I'm like, what type of life is she going to have? Nobody I know has a child like this. Nobody is going to understand this. Is she going to be bullied? What does her adulthood look like? I was just, you know, all the things that you can imagine I was going through. I thought my husband wasn't quite as accepting at first. Uh, Jazz wanted to wear dresses to school. And we said, you can't do that. Um, but like on dress up night, there was like a daddy and uh, night. And, and he had her dressed up in a dress. Uh, I think it was Belle from... Beauty and the Beast. And, you know, that was really hard for him. And there were other times when he's like, I just can't do this. I'm not ready yet. Um, you know, we, and we were just devastated at the time. You can imagine the amount of whispers and stares and people just weren't very nice. And Jazz always held her head high and she's like, I am who I am. And I can't change that. I'm a girl. And by five, we just couldn't hold her back anymore. Like she was crying in front of the front door in preschool. Like, I am not going to go to school today, unless you let me wear this dress. The preschool was not very welcoming. They were not very kind. They were not understanding. And that made things even more difficult. But right at the end of preschool, we let her transition. We said, that's it. You're, there was a prom. You're wearing a dress to the prom. We're going to put your hair up in ponytails because we allowed it to get longer. And well, I hate to say that we allowed it, but we um, accepted her and said, you want it long, baby? You can have it long whatever it takes to make you happy, because that's all that mattered was that she was happy. And she went to the prom dressed as a girl and started kindergarten as a girl uh, with her pronoun changed. 
and her hair much longer, but um, the school would not let her wear, it was a uniform. They wouldn't let her wear the skirts and dresses, only skirts. So we said, okay. And they said, she can't be called Jazz. She has to go by her birth name. All right. And she can't use the bathrooms. She's got to use um, the one in the classroom. But when you go to PE or cafeteria or anything, there's female and male bathrooms. And no, they weren't going to allow that at all. So I, I picked my battles at that time. I was just so happy they were letting her go to school with the female pronouns and dressed as a girl that I wasn't going to push the envelope any further at, at that particular time. So that was really her transition story. At three, we knew. By five, that's it. We did the full gamut. And um, it was hard because we didn't know a lot of people that had trans kids. And I was fortunate to find one support group with a listserv online, one. And those parents guided me through. And I remember posting one day, like, does anybody um, have a child that transitioned before kindergarten? Crickets. You know, these were all parents, their kids may have, the youngest one may have been seven or eight, but otherwise we were the babies of this group. They said, just do what's best for her. Cause I was petrified. And they said, Jeanette, just listen to her, follow her lead. The doctor said, Jeanette, listen to her, follow her lead. And thank goodness for these other parents. Thank goodness for this doctor. Because had we not had them, I don't know where we would have ended up. So it was the support of my peers that helped me tremendously. That's why I'm so glad now that there, there's Facebook. We didn't have this. It was back in like 2003, 2004. There was nothing out there that brought families together. In fact, I would, I always said, you know, I wish I could go to the library and find that book, like How to Raise Your Transgender Preschooler. You know, it was like, what to expect when you're expecting? Okay, and how to raise your transgender preschooler? No. So um, things are very different now. I don't know how I muddled through them, but we made it through and here we are today. So um, that's the coming out story. Very long. Sorry. I just want to make no, sure. No, it's a great, it's that. a great story. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, and it's so impressive to me how Jazz just knew who she was. I mean, I think as someone who came out much later in life, kind of at the end of my adolescence, as opposed to the beginning, I think it's so interesting because I knew something wasn't right. And I knew I wanted something to be different, but I just didn't have the words. I didn't have the ability to articulate it and get it out. So I I look at people like Jazz and I'm very grateful that she did at that age um, because I think it, it paved the way for a lot of other kids to have those concerns heard or have a place to put those feelings in a way that that I didn't at that age. Yeah, it's so interesting how everybody has their own journey. Uh, Jackie, can I ask you, when did you first hear the word transgender? That's mm-hmm. a great question. I first yeah. heard the word transgender probably six to 12 months before I came out. Um, mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I was listening to a random podcast, ironically, a news podcast, <laughs> and they were talking about transgender issues. And they had a couple trans women on. And I was like, oh, transgender. That's a thing. I've heard about that before, but I I had never really processed what it meant. And then I started doing some research and I went, "Uh uh-oh, I might be transgender. (laughs) This sounds a lot like me. Now I know. Yeah. And that was at 19, 19 years old. Wow. I'm glad that you did watch that podcast. Every podcast is important. Every TV show is important. Every news program is important because people are learning so much today that they didn't know. And I hear stories all the time about, I didn't know what transgender was until I met somebody at work or I saw your show. And I love to talk to people and hear their stories. And others come up to me and um, 
they're like, I hope we're not bothering you. And I'm like, no, when people come up to me, I'm glad. I'm like, I'm glad you're not just staring at me at your phone going, yeah, yeah, that's her. And just looking away. I love when people come up and they want to talk and not just say, hey, can we have a selfie with Jazz? So I'm kind of veering off, but I'm just saying how the power of communication and information and knowledge and visibility is the key to that knowledge. So those women on that show changed your life visibility. So there are people that want to be stealth and I have so much respect for them, Mm -hmm. but without visibility, you know, where would we be today? And you see Mr. Nemo, there he is. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Little white, like little white in the back. Nemo. (laughs) Yeah. The cats are guests on the show. They're welcome to be here with us. So, you know, Jeanette, it it does. I know we said we were going to cry and I won't, but it really like you sharing your story really hits me in the heart because our stories are so different. Jackie didn't have the words and a lot of young people don't have the words they don't know because their parents, you know, Jackie and I've had many conversations on the podcast and off the podcast about how might things have been different if we had ever even introduced her to the idea of being transgender, you know, and that's why like children's books like I Am Jazz are so powerful and so important, even though we're going to get into in a few minutes, you know, the horrific situation that we're in, in a lot of parts of the country where they're being banned. But your experience of jazz knowing so early is so powerful to hear and it's so inspiring. And I know that so many young kids are seeing that or reading about it in the book and it's giving them the courage to speak their truth. And yet our story is so different and I think is equally important to share, right? Because kids or young people hearing about how Jackie wasn't able to find a name for what she was experiencing, wasn't given any labels, didn't feel that sense of knowing so clearly and confidently so that she could articulate it to us until she was 19 years old. And all of these stories are important. They all add to this quilt of understanding what it is to be transgender. And now in our community in transgender school, where we have a Facebook group and we have all these different communities, we're connecting with women, transgender women in their 60s and 70s who are just, as I'm sure you have friends too, are just coming out now and saying, I I always knew there was something or knew this about myself. Yeah. But now seeing people like Jazz at 22 helps can help a 70-year-old transgender yes, woman yes. to come yes. out. All the stories are important and they're also unique and valuable to learn from. We all have our own journeys. No two journeys are alike. Some may be similar, but everything happens for a reason. I'm a big believer in that. Exactly. So, Jackie, the way things unfolded in your life was the way it was meant to be. And I'm so happy for you that you did find the word transgender and it all came together um, and that you didn't find out at 60 because that's really hard. That's, yeah. you know, I have friends. And I do have one that said, you know what? I watched I Am Jazz. <laughs> I'm a senior citizen. I realized yep. I didn't know what the word transgender was till I saw little this little girl helped me in my life. And now that we're, fr- we're friends with this person and um, she was married and she found this a woman that she's deeply in love with. And Aww. yeah, so it's nice to know that I can help somebody or not me, but Jazz, Jazz's tale. Yeah, your whole family. I think they, I think seeing all the dynamics and all the aspects of it can be helpful in ways that, that we, we never really see. You just put it out there and you trust that it's, as you said, and I agree that it's for a reason. I think all that I've learned and now being able to support other parents in support groups and doing the podcast, you know, in the beginning, Jackie and I always talk about like, I didn't handle it well and I didn't understand. And Jackie's dad and I resisted. And we've talked about that a lot in various places and on the podcast. 
and now I look at it as one of my greatest gifts in life because it allows me to give back and that through our struggles and the mistakes we made, we can teach others. And so many parents have shared, oh, I remember you saying how you said this and you regretted it and Jackie sharing how it hurt her. And so I made sure not to say that, you know, to my kid and you, I'm sure hear the same kind of thing all the time. And so I do believe it. There's a reason. And this is not just any kind of coincidence. And the one interesting thing that we share, despite that our kids were very different ages, once Jackie came out, that was it. It was like, she was going full force ahead. Yeah. So Jazz had that at three. Jackie, as soon as Jackie had a word for it and yes. it was going on, she was like, yes. mom and dad, either you're getting on this train or you're going to be left right. in the Here dust. We, and we, we had the, to go. Yeah. Buckle in the journey starts. Exactly. No, that was, that was not negotiable. Um, <laughs> and I think it's so interesting because on one hand, coming out so much earlier in life is such a benefit and is something that I think a lot of uh, trans women who came out later in life will always be jealous of. I know I will always be jealous of people who came out earlier in life. But on the other hand, it also comes with a lot of challenges that, for example, I didn't face had I been out in elementary school, middle school, high school. So I am curious to hear a bit more about what you're comfortable sharing about the most challenging parts of this journey for your family? Um, the most challenging are several things. First of all, the bigotry and the hate. It's just mind-blowing. And you brought up Jazz's book earlier, the I Am Jazz book. I saw a commercial a couple months ago during election time where there was a politician from the state of Florida who literally said, they're reading books to elementary school children, and they're trying to change our little boys into little girls. This is on a commercial. And this just makes my blood boil. This is so, you know, we tried so hard to bring this book out for these kids and Jazz and Jessica worked so hard to explain to people, little kids, what transgender is. And now they're turning it around. And it's like one of the most banned books year after year. And now in Florida, everything is banned. Um, It just... It breaks my heart. So that bigotry, the ignorance, um, and then the people that are open-minded and sort of want to learn, they're saying, you know, it's a choice. And I'm like, no, this isn't a choice. And then they'll say, but they're too young. I'm like, no, Jazz knew who she was. There are studies that showed it, two or three. You know what a boy is and what a girl is. You understand gender. So it gets frustrating for me on a bigger level and also on a smaller level. And then the challenge came, the big challenge came with the bathrooms and then the soccer. And I don't know if you want me to get into it, but the soccer uh, was probably one of the biggest challenge we had to face because Jazz was banned from playing soccer at the age of eight and a half. And we're, the kids are very, very athletic. My husband's athletic and Jazz was always playing sports. And when she was told she couldn't play her favorite sport, that was just devastating. And I'm like, I'm going to fight this. And my husband and I fought and it took over two years to finally get there. But the United States uh, Soccer Federation, which I probably said wrong, because of Jazz's case at the age of 11, we finally resolved this. They took it all the way up to the top. They made a trans-inclusive policy at that time. United States Soccer Federation. I guess I have to look that up, but it's like the U.S. at A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, K. The big soccer bosses. Yeah, that's the big (laughs) soccer people. Anyway, they changed their policy to include transgender people from this little 
child not being able wow. to play. So that was challenging at the time, so hard. And it's like, you could write a movie about how this little kid had to walk out on the field and all her girlfriends were on the right side playing. And we had to veer off to the left, take her with the boys. And she was told if she wants to play, she has to play with the boys, which she did for a while. And it was traumatizing. It really, I regret the decision to allow her to do that, but she said she wanted to. So that just became a journey that I never saw coming. You know, the bathrooms are one thing, but taking that away from a child, playtime, fun time, you know, time to socialize with your friends and learn, you know, what it is to win and lose and all the things you get out of sports just ripped from her. That just destroyed our family for a long time. We were just, the whole family just devastated, but um, made it past that. So, <laughs> so those are some challenging parts of our mm -hmm. journey. I hope I answered that question. Hey, Nemo. Yeah, no, that's, that's a powerful story. And I think sports are, it might be easy for some people to brush sports off as, oh, well, they're still allowed to go to school or still allowed to do this, but sports are so central to your social life as a young person. And so I think that's so integral to efforts mm -hmm. to exclude trans people and to try to not allow us to exist. Yeah. And the kids have to be strong with this. Like she was told you could play, no Nemo, you can uh, practice with the girls, but during the games, you have to sit on the bench. I mean, that's just a cruel way to treat an eight and a half year old. And we said to her, you don't have to do it. You know, we can just play in the backyard or because at this point, none of the soccer leagues were allowing her to play. And she said, no, no, I'm going to go with my team and practice. And we left it up to her. We always left it up to her what she wanted to do. And she's a fighter. She's resilient. She taught me how to fight. Um, her resilience made me a stronger person. Yeah, I'm so glad you share that because I've had that argument with so many people now ad nauseum. Like I I have to say, you know, so many people who've come to me and said, oh, I'm a supporter. I'm an ally. I understand. But sports, you know, oh, they shouldn't be allowed to play sport. You know, they shouldn't be. And it's like, oh, we have to have this conversation again. And so what you just shared, I think I just wish everybody could hear that story because I think it makes the case so strongly when you hear about the heartbreak and the heartache and the the cruelty to children who just want to be children having the childhood experiences that all children have a right to have and there's just so many people out there who don't understand and i'm so no, i appreciate no. you continually sharing that because i'm sure you've right. told that story a million times but we need to hear it over and over and over so that those people who just don't understand it's not so easy to just say oh let them play with the boys or oh they can have their own league i mean i've heard every most We've yeah. heard every ridiculous argument I'm sure you have. And there's just girls need to play sports with girls and boys yeah. need to play sports with boys if that's what they want to. And that's how they identify. And yeah. that's it. It's simple. That's it, period. It's and you know what? People didn't understand either. And with in Jazz's case, she was so young. You know, she, all kids are on an even playing field before they hit puberty. Right. She hasn't even hit puberty. Right. And the reason that the boys become stronger is when that testosterone starts hitting. And it was right. so many years before that, right? Like, like she's the smallest one on the field. She was petite for her age at the time. She's not going to hurt anybody. They thought she would hurt somebody. And we sent a picture of the team to the head of the soccer league in our state. And was like, we said, pick out which one is the transgender one. Pick out. And they said, oh, we don't have to. It should be evident. This is what we were dealing with. So mm -hmm. you know, little mm -hmm. jazz was not going to hurt anybody. They, I don't know what they were expecting, but not a little jazz. Yeah. But it's, and it was so hurtful and so yeah. mean and that she had to learn these things at a young age was not right. Yep. 
it's just ignorance and fear and it's just taking time. Thankfully, you know, you've seen things change since Jazz was younger and things have gotten better in some ways. You know, I think inclusive policies are at least up for discussion now, whereas in your yeah. in, in your experience, it's just mind boggling to hear how the, the, it was just completely closed off. So there are challenging parts. And as we talked about, there are lots of rewarding parts, right? To being the, I'm in all these support groups and we talk a lot about what a gift we feel it is to have a trans child and to see, you know, to be inspired by as a cisgender, you know, for me as a cisgender heterosexual person, it's like, wow, to see my child so confidently assert who she is in the world, despite all the barriers and backlash, there are some gifts and some lessons that, I would never have experienced if it weren't for my daughter, Jackie, and how kind she's been in sharing her journey and forgiving us our mistakes. And, you know, what are the rewards for you, Jeanette? I'd love to know. We'd love to know. Yeah, it's it's twofold in terms of like myself personally and what I'm doing in the world. And sometimes I'm like, oh, why are we doing this so hard? It, it just lay your lives out there. And it's not even national television. It's worldwide. Like we're dubbed in different languages. I feel like it's the best thing to do because I get letters and I've had people tell me, you've saved my life. You've saved my kid's life. My child would be dead today if it wasn't for you just having this little television program, I Am Jazz. So that has to be the most rewarding thing, knowing that the littlest tiny thing that you do on your show can have an impact and a snowball effect and change someone's life for the better forever. On a higher plane, global, that's how I feel. But in terms of this journey rewarding, it's just being a mom and my kids making me so proud. Like that is just my personal journey as a mom. And with respect to jazz, you know, I have to say, you know, people are like, oh, well, she got into Harvard because she has a television show and she's transgender. And people don't understand, like, this kid accepted everything. She was a valedictorian. Her, there's a display in the Smithsonian. Like, my kid is in the Smithsonian with her tail. Like, that makes me proud. When I see Ari is getting her PhD and Griffin's going to be a lawyer and Sanders changing the world, like, these are the things that are rewarding to me in a personal sense. So there's the out there world and then there's in my heart world. So... Did I answer that question okay with the cat on the left yeah. side? <laughs> no, I think that was that was a perfect answer. And I think that that leads well into our next question, which is mm -hmm. as a parent who sees all the benefits of affirming your trans kid, what would you most want to say to parents of trans kids who don't understand? Yeah, I have a lot to say to them. But first off, I tell them, parent the child you have, not the child you wish you had. That's the number one thing. Check your ego at the door. Number two, this is not about you. This is about the child. This is about their happiness, not your happiness. You gave birth to this child and it's their birthright to be loved by you and for you to make them happy. And if you put what you think before them, then you're not giving them unconditional love. And unconditional love is what you need to give. And I have stood in front of a room of hundreds of people and I have stated this and it's very harsh, but I have said to parents, if your child had some illness where you would have to travel across the world to find the one doctor that could cure them, you would do that. If somebody had a gun and held it to your child's head, you'd knock that person over. You take the bullet. But your child says they're, they're transgender and you throw them out on the street. What does that say? 
and I get very, very angry. And I get, as you can see, I'm heated um, when I have to say that to people. Like, this is not about you. And that's really the beginning and end of the unconditional love. And to me, it's a simple thing. I'm sure for both of you, you understand that unconditional love should be easy. It comes naturally. And if it's not coming naturally, then you need to take a hard look in the mirror and figure out why you're not able to give this to your child. Yeah, that's all I got to say about that. I am with you, Jeanette. I just want to say I'm with you. And thank you for sharing that because you're reminding me that I need to be really assertive in doing that as well. I want to share that message as well. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we soften it for parents because they we're afraid that they're not going to hear, they're not going to be receptive. But I think I need to be hit. I needed to be knocked over the head with it when Jackie Mm -hmm. first came out. I needed the parents who said that to me instead of you can find people when your first kid comes out or when your kid first comes out as trans, you can find lots of people in your life will be like, what? There's no way it can't be. And oh, it's just a phase or oh, they're just trying to get attention. All these crazy things that I now look at like that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't happen. It's not a phase. It's not, you know, no No. kid does get attention. But sometimes you just want people to validate it can't be real because because you're having such a hard time dealing with it, right? So I yeah, think you're grappling that, yourself yeah. uh, with it. You know, you do want that validation when somebody right. says, oh, well, you know, this is just a phase. And right. part of you wants to listen because part of you is like hoping, well, maybe it is, but you know. But it never is. That. It is not a phase. This is no. not something that a child would choose. This is right. a hard path in life. And they're the bravest souls I know being able to take that path when it's easy to stay in that closet as Mm -hmm. opposed to shouting on the rooftop, this is who I am. This is the person I am inside that you didn't know. And the doctor made a mistake at birth. I'm affirmed, you know, male or female at birth, but I wasn't. These are lessons that I've learned over the years. It's just, I've seen it all at this point. I've seen loving, accepting parents and I've seen parents that are really cruel. Yeah. Exactly. But the way you put it was so beautiful that it's, it's their birthright to be unconditionally loved and supported by their parents. It's our job to, right, to raise and love and support and provide everything that's needed for the kids we have, not the kids we wanted to have or thought we had. And Jackie has said that in many ways as well. And it took us a little while to get that. I think you're right. And it's not about you. Like for us, we tried to say things like, oh, but it's going to be so hard. And right, Jackie, you've shared that. And you think you're, you think you're saying that because you're coming from a place of caring about your kid, but it's about you. You don't want to see them go through something hard, but for them, it's not a choice. They have to, they have to be who they are. Thoughts on that, Jackie? (laughs) Yeah, no, I I mean, I think the harsh version of it, the way I like to say it is that if you don't love your kid after they come out as trans or you don't support them, then you didn't really love your child, the person you loved the idea of your child and the idea of who you wanted them to be. And that's so true. That is so true because I did mourn in the beginning. I didn't know what I was mourning. But it was the idea, now I realize, many years later, it was the idea of I have these three little boys and my one princess girl. And I love that. I had a necklace with the three boys, you know, booties and the one girl. And it was the idea of my family. So it was hard for me to switch that. Like, okay, got to race that. You have two girls, you have two boys. And I had to do it very quickly. But I, I agree with you 100% on that idea 
of what my family is or idea of what my child is because they are who they are, not what your idea was of this is the way it was going to play out. And it's like that with other things. Like I want my kid to grow up to be a baseball player because I love playing baseball, but your kid doesn't. Your kid loves video games. Like you can't force them to be somebody you want them to be. They, you have to let them be free and, and see where they go. And if it's not harmful to anybody, then let them be. Let these children be, you know, in any sense. Let them be who they want to be. It's like back when I was a kid, I don't know if you remember, Bridget, like the Free to Be Me album. And I used to sing yes. songs all the time. <laughs> yeah. Marlo Thomas. <laughs> yes. There's a land that I see where the children are. I always think of that, Free to Be. And like, that was way ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. And, um, there was a song in there, William Wants a Doll. And mm-hmm. when my kids went to camp, Griffin played William. And none of the other boys wanted to be singing the song, William Wants a Doll. Mm. That always gives me goosebumps, knowing that there was this record album, which I mm-hmm. had the adjoining book back in the 70s about, I mean, and if you go and you find that, it is all, there's gender and uh, there's like, are you a girl baby or a boy baby? And, mm. and it just, I mean, it's incredible. And the kids acted it out at camp, very progressive camp. And uh, mm-hmm. so I think back to that, let the kids be free. Yeah, free so the free. message was, always out there in some yeah, way that is yeah. that is that give me chills to think even in the 70s because I felt like even when Jackie came out six years ago now almost exactly six years ago I feel like there's so much more out there now six years later that I didn't have access to just six years ago to help people understand and to see that some people are just transgender it's like yeah. no big deal you know yeah, that's yeah. just how it, right brown eyes you know right it's it like what it is. Yeah. But we're 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 getting there to having more and more resources and information out there that help people see that. Yeah. Here's the thing also. Now more and more people are learning about transgender people and so many more accepting. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like people that are bigoted are now hearing about these transgender people and they're using it in negative ways. Like nobody cared um in the state of Florida about things like the soccer thing or the sports thing. It was it was just the soccer people, but like nobody cared at school about that so much. And now it's banned. It's like sort of like the politicians were like, oh, these transgender people exist. They're real. Oh, and we don't like them. We don't like these people. A few years ago, you didn't know they existed. So automatically, not only, okay, I, I accept that transgender people exist and I'm going to hurt them in these ways. And I look at that being here in a state that's just, actively going after transgender people, the LGBTQ plus community, and even people of color. I mean, it's just horrible down here. And it's like, yeah, you you exist and we're going to take your rights away. I didn't see that before because people just didn't know we existed. (laughs) They didn't didn't know what a transgender person is. And it's interesting, again, going into the politics, but I turned on the television one day and I saw a politician saying, I don't know what pansexuality is, but I don't want my child knowing about it. Okay, but you don't know what it is. So what if it's the greatest thing in the world? This is in our state. So um, yeah, the ignorance, it really is. And a lot of these people that are putting these laws in place, setting these laws in place, have never met a transgender person because I've been on a Zoom with politicians and I've asked them, you want to create this bill stating that these kids can't play sports. Have you ever talked to a transgender youth? Well, no, 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 but I'm trying to preserve the integrity of women's sports. Because I fight these battles and I have to hear this stuff. And it's just mind-blowing, really is. Didn't mean to go off on a tangent there. No, but no, it's, it's a good tangent. Box. 
it's an important one and it's an issue that we've talked about fair amount on the show and i've mm-hmm. shared my opinion that the politicians who are doing this are trying to distract from other issues that they would rather voters not be focused on and i would be interested to hear a little bit more about your perspective and what it's like to be in a state that is on the front lines of banning gender affirming care and participation in sports and banning books and i mean things that really are from some of the darkest chapters of our history yep i keep saying there's a dark cloud over the sunshine state down here Uh, here's the place that i moved to because i think it's beautiful and i wanted my kids to grow up here and now seeing the darkness that has come through is heartbreaking. And Jazz is now an adult and left the state, so it's not affecting her as much as it would have. But with the gender-affirming care, I have friends that sold their dream home and left the state. This is how scared they were because their doctor cannot treat their child now. Apparently, the children that were being treated, they're going to let them continue to be treated. But their kid was right at that point where they were ready for the blockers and um, they had to leave. And this is not uncommon. People are fleeing the states and then people are so, so scared. I've talked to families where they don't know what they're going to do. They don't have the money to pick up and run somewhere else. And, you know, I tell them whatever you have to do, just know out there, there are other states that still will provide care, like your beautiful state of California. And whatever you have to do, you can get help. It may cost a bit, but you know what? You don't have to see the doctor every month. In certain cases, you can do things. And there, I think I have heard, and I don't want to say something that's untrue, but there are other states that are welcoming of transgender youth that are being rejected by their own states. And I know when Jazz was younger, we thought we would have to go out of state because we couldn't find a doctor in Florida that would treat her. And finally, when she was 10, we found someone that said, yes, you know, I will take your daughter on as a patient. But then it was time for the blocker. She couldn't find a doctor that would insert the blocker. So then we found another doctor at the last minute, like just as she was hitting um, tan or two uh, puberty, we found a doctor that said, okay, we'll we'll put the implant in. And um, we were prepared to go to either Boston, New York, California, wherever we had to go, we were going to be there because there was no way that Jazz would be forced to go through male puberty. And she had said she would not be here today if that had happened to her. She just looked at her brothers and saw and and her father, who's a very burly, hairy guy, and no way was she going to do that. And I'm just so angry that this is being used as a political decoy to get votes. And we have a very bigoted governor down here that I fear for. And with the sports, I fought that battle when Jazz was little, but I also fought it for the kids now. I went on a Zoom with a whole bunch of politicians, Republican politicians, and I was in my little cubicle crying in my box, my Zoom box. And I told the story of Jazz. I saw some of them get emotional, ask questions. So there were some people that were willing to listen, but it still didn't change anything. It still got voted on and it passed. And in this state now, you can't play sports. I have friends whose kids were removed from their teams in school, taken off. Can you imagine that child as used to play with the friends on the team and now they can't and they're told they can play with the boys? This is the America that we live in, the freedom of America. Where's that going? And I, I know in other states it's better. Thank goodness this isn't um, a countrywide thing, but who says it's not going to be national? Who says it? You know, I keep every day I turn on the TV, I have another state that is proposing bills. And 
I feel helpless. I really do. I'm like, we've done so much and this is where we're at now. It's disheartening to me in, in many ways because we've tried to make the wheel of progress go forward. And when I see it slipping backwards, but I just know that we are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of history. And this eventually will turn around, but we're going through some dark ages right now, unfortunately. Sorry, my soapbox, but I do that sometimes. That's what we no, want. We you. want to hear. Yeah. yeah. And I know I keep saying thank you, but Jeanette, I have not put myself in a situation like that where I'm on the firing line with Republicans and people who are want to take away the rights of our kids. I can't even imagine what that's like. It made my stomach mm-hmm. sick just to hear you talk yeah. about being on that Zoom and crying and I hope you know and feel that you're doing it for all of us and how grateful we all are. And we know how taxing and emotional it is. is. And to see where we were, like when Obama was president, he knew who Jazz was. He invited her Mm. to the White House and he invited like 22 people that he would meet personally and take a picture with. Mm -hmm. And it's the cutest story because they lined her up first and they said, you Mm. go in there and you shake. Mr. Obama's hand, you take a picture and you leave. So we go in there and he shakes her hand. He starts talking to her. How old are you? And, oh, my daughter's the same age too. And, you know, they're like, Mr. President, you need to move on. (laughs) He was like, oh, okay, we'll take the picture. I'm sorry. And takes the picture. And then as she's walking away, he says, I'm proud of you. Like Obama, you know, he says that, yeah. And I, that's a moment I will always remember. I'm like, things are getting better. Look where we we have a president who invited this transgender teenager to his home to meet her. And I'm like, things are getting good. And then that was before that other president came in. And um, yeah, as soon as he came in, he started unwinding what Obama had done. Mm -hmm. Obama had set directives in place for schools. And it was like, why go after this group of people first? You've been here 30 days. You know, I've seen since then just this backwards movement. Like I said, we're on the right side of history though. I just wanted to give kudos to Mr. Obama because you're amazing. Absolutely. I can't imagine for Jazz, I'm so happy for her to have had that experience, to have had a president of the United States, even though we've had one since then that that none of us would want to see as our president, that she actually got to have that experience and know that that's how it's supposed to be. That is how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And somehow we veered off into a very different world, but we're going to get back there. We're going to get back there. Jackie, any thoughts on all of that? Because you you know a lot. Jackie really keeps up on the politics as well. Yes. No, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. I think there's we're on the right side and there's there's two very different Americas right now. And and we're going to have to keep fighting this fight because it's not going to end anytime soon. Yep. We got to band together all the mama bears and just get them. And I know some of them get together. We hold up our signs. We do what we have to do. We meet with who we have to meet with. And there just needs to be power in numbers. Takes a village. And I would never force a transgender child to go up in front of a room full of people and speak. But if they're ones that can, they make a big difference. These little kids that say, you know what? Hey, you have to let me play sports with my friends. I mean, pulls at heartstrings. Even the cruelest people, it's got to be touching their hearts, the ones that have parents. Like, you know, I I heard another politician on television say one day, you know, I don't want those men in the restroom with my little girls. Justin, I'm doing the accents because that's what it sounded like. I'm sorry. You don't want my, you know, at the time, teenager child to go in the restroom with your little girls. 
you're, she's in there. Hello, knock, knock, knock. She's there already. You, you've missed the boat on that one. So I've seen a lot of ugliness, but it's also at times, it's just, just, just ignorance. It really mm-hmm. is like, do mm-hmm. your homework, please, mm-hmm. please do your homework. And a lot of people don't, they just, just want to say no without even knowing what they're saying no to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's so much we have, not only do we have history on our side, that history always arcs toward progress and inclusion, but the evidence and the studies and about affirming care and affirming parenting and access to resources and medical treatment. And there's no uh, question (laughs) that the science is is there. Yeah. The The science science. is there. The social Mm -hmm. science is there. All of the evidence is in our corner is, is on our side. And the only thing they have on their side, as Jackie has talked about a lot, you know, is that many people are in fear and ignorance and they they're capitalizing on those people's fear and ignorance to get votes. Yep. And And a lot of the politicians couldn't even care less. They couldn't actually care less about policies about trans rights. They just know they'll get more votes because they can tap into the population that that is hateful and doesn't understand. It doesn't read or have any access to the the actual science and studies. I'm going to vote for him because he doesn't like those transgender people. Right. Exactly. At all. Like, meet one. I always say... Meet a transgender person, fall in love, and you, you know, you'll have a friend forever because I always say that transgender people are the smartest people I've ever met. They're just absolutely brilliant. They're kind and compassionate. And I, I feel like they say in, you know, Native American Indians, uh, Native American Indians say they're two spirited. They're the shaman. They're, they're amazing people. They're here and we're all down here. And I just feel that trans people have something to offer. They're working more of their brain. I see mm-hmm. it on Jazz. She, she's good at all these different things that I wish I could be good at one of them. And I've met so many transgender people that are like her that are just so special, gifted, truly, truly gifted people with hearts of gold. And if you meet some of these people, you're fall in love. Just meet them. Invite them over for dinner, you know, instead of just directing hate or bigotry towards them. Learn, love, and embrace and accept. Yeah, I could not agree more. And we've talked about, and Jackie's talked about how she can see so many things that other people don't see having lived in both worlds of the world, seeing you as a certain Mm -hmm. gender and picking up on those different energies that come from people. And there's just, you're right. There's a different experience in the world than the rest of us have in living in this binary world that we're in. There's so much to learn from Everybody in the world, you know, and people who have unique experiences and are just in terms of the number in the population are a minority having a unique experience in the world, have so much to teach those of us who are just in this majority privileged position and can't, can't really understand. We can't understand and empathize, but we can certainly listen and try Mm -hmm. to try to see and imagine what it must be like to have a very different experience and to be seen very differently in the world. What do you think, Jackie? Here we are talking about gushing about how much we <laughs> learn from transgender people how and how special and amazing and unique. And you're probably <laughs> like, stop it. What do you think, Jackie? Everyone except me. Don't invite. No, no, no. I'll come over for dinner as long as it's vegetarian. Um, but no, I think it's true that transgender people have a very different experience and that that often leads us to be able to see things through multiple perspectives that someone who hasn't had that experience probably wouldn't be able to. No, yeah. 
100% true. And just support them. There you go. Even if you, you're never going to know what it feels like to be trans, but it doesn't mean you can't love and support that person yeah. because they are. Exactly. Yeah. And the Family Acceptance Project with Caitlin Ryan, who I've met, who's lovely, right there. Just the acceptance, just accept. And it will change everything. It's a game changer. And it's a simple little thing just to offer some love to somebody that you brought into the world. To me, it's simple. To other people, I I don't know what the block is there, but the Family Acceptance Project, I remember when that study came out and I was just like, yeah, that's it right there. There it is in black and white. Yes, we've talked about that a little bit and we've shared, we'll put in the show notes again because the research, they've done a good job of making their research very accessible as well. And we have Mm -hmm. some of their documentation and websites and amazing findings about how affirming and supporting the outcomes are just staggering how much more positive the outcomes are for transgender youth when there is acceptance, the family Mm -hmm. acceptance project. I wanted to take an opportunity to talk about jazz briefly with you because especially when I watched, I saw on the show that somebody was questioning her getting into Harvard. She is so brilliant. I have learned so much from her and her just so openly sharing her feelings and her experience and the way she sees the world and her relationships. And I remember an episode way back where she was talking to one of her friend's grandparents who wasn't understanding and supportive. And she just went so deep. I was crying and I was like, so relating to her. It didn't matter that she's jazz and she's so much younger and she could be my daughter. It was like, she talked about how humans are just consciousness. We're not our bodies anyway. This male, female stuff, it's just all these constructs and these ways that we have of trying to make sense of the world. But we're like so much more than that. We're this consciousness, we're this soul. She got really deep and like spiritual. And I was like, this young woman, it just gave me chills and it gives me chills down to talk about like really, really has a grasp on what matters in life and what doesn't matter in life. And she has so much to teach. She's only 22. So I have no doubt if she wants to, (laughs) she can continue to change the world and teach people much older than her, younger and everything in between. And I just wanted to share that because I had no doubt without even hearing, you know, that Harvard accepted her on her merit a hundred percent and they're damn lucky to have (laughs) her. Right. And I feel that way about Jackie as well as a woman, you know, and as a transgender woman and two unique transgender women who are willing. (laughs) That's totally Um, fine. No, 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 no. Who are willing to share, you know, that wisdom. (laughs) <laughs> that's Nemo, right? We have Nemo, Nemo wanting to want wanting to be part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought if he stepped on a key, we'd, I'd lose you. So <laughs> I had to move him. No, I, I remember filming that because I was there, which I'll tell you some little inside with this uh, show. But I was there. I remember she was going to a place and she will go places. And at that time, her mental health was concerning us more. She mm-hmm. that was the season where she started to spiral down. But she was questioning the world and, you know, just speaking from the heart during that scene. And I remember she ran off into the garage of the house and she was crying and the producers ran after her. Are you okay? You know, we can stop. And she really needed to gather herself because she emoted so much and it took a toll on her at that particular time. But she was so happy with what she said, but it really affected her that she had to stop the cameras and regroup. There are times like that where things are occurring on the show and and in the background. I'm there a lot when I'm not supposed to be there, but like this was my minor. Mm-hmm. And if you think, and here here we go, TLC, you didn't hear this. If you think I'm going to let my kid get a tattoo without me being there, 
<laughs> oh, you were there? You were there. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah. We'll cut yeah. this out. You want us to cut? Yeah. No, no, I will it... let you keep that in because oh, really? okay. I will. I was lurking because my minor was getting a tattoo. I had to sign off on paperwork and I had Greg on the phone and he was literally like, she's not getting it unless it's this big. We had a whole thing with what size it was going to be. Uh, what it was going to look like and where it was going to go. So we had a major say, because I got a lot of, you know, hate mail. I can't believe you let your daughter get a tattoo. No, it wasn't quite like that. It wasn't like her friends are taking her off the cassettes. For TV, it's more exciting that way. But I felt right. it was more exciting that Greg and I were on the phone and going back and forth. And I would take a, a soda can and measure. Okay, it is smaller than the bottom of the soda can. <laughs> It's <laughs> just, um, and you know, we tried to hide it from Greg, who had not seen it until it was revealed on TV. So a lot of it, you know, is the way it went down. But we we have to have a say as parents with her being a minor. I had to take her to a lot of these uh, scenes that we filmed because she was a child, and there was um, child labor laws. Like, okay, she can't work now; she's mm -hmm. got school tomorrow. So we had a lot of that. So there, I, I lurk a lot in some of these scenes where you don't know that I'm at. They're not going to fire me for telling you that. I'm just going to Okay, say. good, good. I love yeah. the behind. The, well, thank you for the behind the scenes. And it, no, it reflects well on the show. You've all done a beautiful job. And I do remember that scene. And I remember them showing Jazz getting very emotional and running off. And mm -hmm. I, my heart went out to her. I can only uh -huh. imagine, you know, I know how it is to have those conversations with folks who are so resistant. And you're just, you just want to shake them and be like, yeah. can't you? see can't you see there's so much more to us as human beings and yes so yes thank you for sharing that behind the scenes and i'm glad <laughs> to hear that you're there more than we see because you yeah, and jazz I have, have to defend myself relationship. A... <laughs> you know no but you but jazz obviously gets great comfort from the relationship she has with you and your supportiveness and your unconditional loving momness. And so you should be there and yeah. we need to be there for our kids. So I'm glad to hear that. But I get it for the TV show. You know, yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. Like, we want to see for the entertainment or the impact to see a certain slice of it. That's how it is. It it's okay. When we started filming, she didn't have a driver's license. Right. How was she getting to all these places? Right. right. <laughs> And why wouldn't I have been the one to drive her? So I think the first few years, anytime the cameras were on her, I had to be around somewhere within this driving distance. I make a go, you know, sit in the car, yeah. listen to a book or whatever the case may be. But I had to be on hand in case she needed me for any reason. She was a kid, middle school, early high school. So that's something that people don't think about. Oh, Jeanette's not there. You know, back then, oh, how did Jeanette let her do all these things? And now it's right. like, why is Jeanette so overbearing? Um, we're not quite as overbearing as the show makes me out to be. They just—I don't want to say bad words. It's for bleep and giggles. Um, yes, exactly. You know, and, oh, you're allowed to say on our show, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of upset. Like, look at me in this season. I look like I'm this helicopter mom that but is just so overbearing. I look at it as. I can relate. Like, I think as mom, the moms watching, we're like, oh gosh, we worry about our kids so much and we can relate. And Jeanette's giving voice to how all of us moms feel. And I appreciate that that's included. And I also appreciate the moments where, you know, you and Jazz, there's like tension because Jackie and I have that, right? Like, yes. I feel like Jackie and I are close, but if you're with us in real life, there are going to be all those moments of tension and Jackie gets annoyed with me and I get to, yeah. you know, I want to get all up in her business, right? And she's like, mom, 
I'm a grandma and adult, you know, <laughs> leave me yeah, yeah. Right. So I love seeing that. And I appreciate that you're willing to kind of share that with the world because yeah, that's the I, real stuff of parenting adults. And then they it, they bring it to a new right. level. And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> geez, I'm not quite that bad. But like my mother still makes me text her every time I'm on a plane. Okay. We have to mention your parents because they are so (laughs) wonderful and amazing. We have Bill and Kath, my parents, you have Jack and Jackie, same names, Jackie. And I love that, that she still makes you text when you fly. And my parents are the same way with me. We check in all the time. It must be interesting for you. How is it for you having them part of all this? I love the fact that they've been a part of the show because they've helped grandparents. They've helped other families who um, they had extended family members or grandparents that weren't on board. And they're like, look at these people. They're in their 80s and they're accepting their transgender granddaughter. And I have to say, you know, in the beginning, it was hard for them. My dad is a physician. So when little three, four-year-old Jazz uh, was coming out, he went deep into the internet looking for for any information. And I don't know if you're familiar, but there was a Dr. Zucker in um, Canada Mm. who um, was not supportive of trans kids and, you know, had conversion therapy and that situation going on. And my dad's like citing this. And as a doctor, he's like, my dad, here's the good stuff. Don't listen to that. That is the guy that listened to Dr. Spack over here in Boston or listened to the doctors in LA don't mm-hmm. listen to this. So he, after that, got on board. I'm like, as he would say, that's Bubba Mycin. That's a word he uses. <laughs> Bubba Mycin. My, my dad grew up speaking Yiddish sometimes. So uh-huh. yep. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a Yiddish word, but he uses that word. So he, I was able to bring him on board. And my mother always, she saw, she brought a little toy for Jazz. It was a boyish toy when she was little. And Jazz just chucked it across the room and grabbed <laughs> her sister's toy instead. Mm-hmm. So uh, she's like, okay, this is what we got. Fine. You know, she just loved being a grandma. And I do have to say, it just reminded me of another story. You know, you can use this or not, because I'm just kind of throwing it in there. We didn't talk much about sibling acceptance, but I have mm-hmm. to say, my oldest daughter was not quite ready to give up her throne as the queen of mm-hmm. the family. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the real queen. She was. She was the only girl and she was treated like a little, okay, I said queen, but princess. Because I am <laughs> the queen. Okay, let's go back. I'm the queen. She was a princess. <laughs> but she liked being the only girl, little girl princess. And mm-hmm. so we had to have a heart to heart talk with her and explain to her, Jazz is transgender and her life could be really difficult. And we had to have a heart to heart and explain things to her in a tough love sense and mm-hmm. give her facts and statistics about the suicide rates. Yeah. And then she started to cry and she was little at the time. She's mm-hmm. like, oh. she's like, okay, I am on board and I'm going to be the best big sister that ever was. Mm-hmm. And I, I think about that now and I still cry. Best big sister because mm. she was ready to have that other sister. And then when she did, she was and still is the best big sister. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So that story always chokes me up just knowing that we had to sit down with this little kid and tell her what it meant to be transgender and how rough it was going to be. Yeah. And, um, and the boys don't even remember Jazz being a like a boy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, because she just acted so girly when they were little. Right. So when she did transition at five, they were seven. They remotely remember. Mm-hmm. But even before Jazz transitioned, they just looked at her as a girl. Yeah. From the time that they were like five, mm-hmm. really. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, memories before five, they're there, but very few memories of her acting like a tough and rumble little boy because she never yeah. did. No, I'm glad you you brought that in because, I mean, seeing Ari and Jazz on the show now, they just seem so close as sisters and it seems like such a beautiful relationship. And we love to see that, but we also need to hear the backstory. Everybody needs to hear the backstory of, no, there there had to be these conversations. There was upset, confusion, resistance. That's so commonly a part of the experience for for various family members or friends or people in the community, whoever it may be. And we need to know that that's a reality. And how do we navigate that? And you had to have these really tough conversations with a, I don't know how old, what's the age difference between Ari and Jazz? Um, They're four and a half years. Four and a half. Yeah. So around the time Ari was like eight. Yeah. So you have to just had it officially transitioned. So. Right. But you have to find the right words for an eight-year-old that to help them understand, but also not, hopefully not make them terrified, you know, right. that, right. So, and you did a beautiful job with that and we can see. Thank you. We did results. what we had to do. Yeah. She was acting out and she was not happy about mm-hmm. the situation. So mm-hmm. yeah, and she's a smart one. She caught on pretty fast and yeah, stepped right up to the plate. So Jackie, I think we, we went through all our questions and more, which is so <laughs> exciting. I'm so happy. Th- I thank you, Jeanette. I know you got up super early and I'm surprised at how much energy you have and how much of your time you've given us. I'm so, so grateful. Is there anything that you want to share that, that hasn't come out as part of our conversation? Um, I'm looking at my notes. Mm-hmm. I know we didn't really talk about, um, and if you don't mind, I can share this and please anything that's not interesting, you feel free to, I'm so used to being it's on the all editing floor. <laughs> I am on the editing. <laughs> There's so much of my life on editing room floors that you could not hear an entire not- show. Um, but I did, a lot of people are like, you want to be in the spotlight. You chose this. And, and that's just not the way that it happened. Um, mm-hmm. when jazz was getting ready to start kindergarten, at first the school was resistant. Like this was like a year, maybe like eight months before, I would say before kindergarten, we went to the school and said, you know, this is our child. She needs to be referred to as a she and, and they wouldn't speak to me. So, um, I had a friend who said, you know what? I know somebody at a local paper, let's do a story. We won't show your faces. We won't show your names, but we'll make sure the school knows it's you. And we did a story and it made the front cover of something called the new times down here. And it said, um, see Dick B. Jane which was stupid. And uh, it had a a woman with a dress on the cover, but it was a great story. Um, A woman who went to Harvard wrote it. And it was so wonderful that the Village Voice picked it up in New York City. And somebody at ABC saw that story. And they brought it to their boss and tracked us down through our attorney and said, hey, do you want to come on 2020 and share your story? And we were like, Absolutely not. We would, we didn't even show our faces or use our correct names in this magazine article. We got jazz to go to, you know, the school finally accepted jazz and we're done. And for 10 months, they wooed us. Please, you have, nobody's talking about this. Like you have a transgender kid and we don't know of any other ones. And, you know, share, it can help so many people. And no, we were, no, 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 we can't, we can't, we don't want to show our faces. And then um, they finally broke us down a little bit. And, and Greg, my, amazing intelligent husband says you know what if you can give us barbara walters we will do it and they delivered her they delivered barbara walters that unbelievable wow yes right? that's amazing and i won't <laughs> say the other newscasters that we didn't use but he was just like she's got the integrity 
She's Barbara Walters. And if she says that transgender kids exist and that we need to care about them and love them, then we're golden. And she came down to Florida and we went to dinner with her and we formed a relationship with her so Jazz would feel comfortable. And, you know, it became this big news story. And a lot of people haven't seen that story, the original one in 2007, because you can't go to ABC's website and find it because Greg had asked for it not to be put on the internet. He was so scared at the time that it's in a contract that states it can't go up. And I've tried to amend that, but uh, there are bootleg copies of it on. It's YouTube. on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, it is. And they pulled it off left and right. So if something, mm-hmm. if they pull it off completely, I'm going to upload it myself. Good. Because that story, you know, is an important story. And we did a revisit back five years later with Barbara, the update. And she was always so kind and sweet to Jazz. And and she would go on um, The View and talk about transgender kids. And she was met with resistance by some of the co-hosts that weren't quite as accepting and understanding. And she just, she knew it. She got it right away. And that's how we fell into TV backwards. And once Barbara brought it to the table, the phone started ringing through our attorney. There was Oprah and Montel and who was back at, at that time? I, Maury Povich and all, you know, all these people wanted to do a show. And I'm like, we're not putting our six-year-old on a stage on a sofa. And I remember one of the um, big, big top names in, um, what is it called? This when you sit down on the couch, what, I don't even know, a, a talk show, uh, daily talk show, a talk oh, show. Yeah. One of the top talk shows was like, well, we want to talk about gender confusion on our show. And I'm like, that's not what this is. And no, mm-hmm. you know, we had to say no to everybody. And as much as I wanted to share the story more, we had to protect Jazz. We wanted to protect her. And we didn't do any media again until she was nine, but we did it in another country because Australia was having a lot of trouble. We just didn't want her to be at a young age, this poster child for transgender kids because there weren't a lot speaking up. After she did more, did start to speak up on television. So really it wasn't until 2011 that we did the Oprah, I am Jazz, a family in transition at age 11. We felt at that time she was a little older and that we could share the story in documentary style. But from the time she was six to 11 in the US, we really tried to stay under the radar because we just wanted her to have a, a regular childhood and not be this poster child. But by the time she was 14, she, she became <laughs> this. And I don't, I don't like the word poster child, but she became the face of transgender youth um, mm-hmm. in a hopeful, wonderful way, not in a negative sort of like, ooh, because back then we were sort of in the mindset that people don't like us and we're unusual. But now mm-hmm. I don't feel that way at all, of course. But back then we just wanted to go back to our lives and just help people, let them know we exist. And, and it really opened up a floodgate. All these kids just all of a sudden coming out into support groups and more and more support groups started popping up. And so I'm so glad that we did that. It ended up me sitting here with you because I wouldn't be here with you if we hadn't done that one story way back when in the little newspaper here um, that just snowballed into this incredible story of us having a television show. So I just a lot of people don't know that, but that's how it all went down. I didn't know all that. And I did see all your posts, you know, when Barbara passed recently and all of you talking about how much she meant to you. And I knew about that interview, but you sharing the whole story of that and how she then, because of her 
interaction with jazz and her connection to jazz that she then went on to bring it to even the view and to really be a spokesperson because she certainly had a huge platform so i can see the depth of the connection there for you Mm. all of you and barbara and how it was all it all started with her and way to go greg like (laughs) to say we'll do it if you can give us barbara i I mean that that. is pretty powerful and they if if you want it bad enough Yep. Yep. You want, you want us, this is what you're going to have to do for us. And, you know, and way back when I, I really wanted me personally to go on the Oprah show because I'm a big fan and I wanted to meet Oprah, but mm-hmm. I wasn't yes. going to talk about this on Oprah. I'll talk about anything else. I wouldn't mm-hmm. bring my kid on or talk about it. But yeah. finally, when Jazz was 14, Oprah said, come to California. She had moved her studios by then. I, yeah. I wanted to sit down with you. She never did a sit down with Jazz when she had her original talk show. Mm-hmm. I was later on and she did a where are they now even though she never interviewed jazz it was from that documentary where is this little 11 year old jazz now and so i finally did get to meet oprah i did i did i was back in the background there i didn't go on the show but um when i went to meet her i just i'm a hugger i just hugged her yes and i i had my face nuzzled in her breasts and jazz was (laughs) like that was so cringy mom that was so embarrassing (laughs) that you just like hijacked oprah I just, <laughs> bear, I, I'm a hugger. I just did. and Oh, I, I would do the same. I did, I did that. I don't know if Oprah was mad or not. I I just felt so happy that she invited Jazz on. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. she's Oprah Winfrey. She's done so much for I so know. many people. I just wanted to let her know. I thought she was great by giving her a huge hug. And Jazz Absolutely. was completely embarrassed. Of course. Well, Jazz is a 14-year-old. You know, everything you your parents do is embarrassing when you're a 14-year-old yes, yes, teenager. Yes. I am sure that Oprah loved it. I think Oprah is the biggest hearted, you know, person. And I'm sure she loved it. And I really hear you. And I think it is important for parents to hear that struggle and that conflict between I want to protect my child and want my child to have a normal life. Yet, on the other hand, when you have access to someone like Oprah, who's going to spread your message to millions and millions right. of people all over the world to understand what being transgender means and to be more mm. accepting and loving. And how can you say no to that, especially if your kid wants to do it, you know? Yeah. So yeah. we feel the the push and the pull that you must have felt in that moment and all the hearts and minds that have been opened through these enormous platforms that yeah. People like Barbara Walters and Oprah Winfrey have. There are no bigger. Like these are the the biggest platforms you can have. The greatest voice you can have speak your message. I just, we thank you for making that choice. And we know there's been a price to pay and we know everything comes with its cost. Yes. I mean, it's not like we're the Kardashians or anything. You know, we can go on airports. To us, you are. (laughs) It's don't more important. like that. We're way more important. People think, I, oh, you're <laughs> millionaires, you're on TV. It isn't as glamorous as people think. It's work. And um, yeah. a lot of people think, well, Jess didn't have a normal childhood. She did. We only film in the summers or, mm-hmm. or a few years, a few months out of the year when we didn't film in the summers. She went to school. She started doing virtual school, not because of the show. It was for other yeah. reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, she played sports. She had sleepovers. She has friends. She, it wasn't like we robbed her of her childhood. And people are like, we'll say that. You know, how could you do that? Make, you know, Jess have this, make, force her to have this TV show and rob her of her childhood. No. That's not the way it was. Filming does not, we're not the 365 days a year filming type of mm-hmm. show. There are shows that do that. We're not one of them. It takes a couple months to make a show over here. 
And this season is is only six episodes. So that really was just like a drop in the bucket. Darn. No, No, I'm happy for you that it's only six episodes. I just can't get enough. But yeah, you can feel that. You can feel that in the show that it's it's just a slice of real life and that Jazz wants to do it. And you can see her genuine happiness that when people are impacted by the show and that means so much to her and so if you've taken a couple months out of every year and given us a little tiny slice which we know is so little of the whole Mm -hmm. life of your family just to be able to show people to normalize hey we're just a regular fun family we have our arguments and our conflicts and we have our laughs and our silliness Mm -hmm. and we happen to have a transgender kid in the family you know I love it you said that beautifully. That's exactly what it is. We just happen to have a transgender kid and, you know, come and see our lives for a little bit. But then we just go kind of back on our way back into the the world without the cameras. And exactly. that's okay. But we haven't sacrificed that much. Sometimes Jazz gets mobbed at certain places and her anxiety level may go up because of it. But at Harvard, they're very respectful of her. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. When she gets fangirled, it's usually the high schoolers that are visiting Harvard (laughs) as tourists or, you know, because they may want to go there. But the students are very respectful of her. Obama's daughter went there a couple years before. I think she was a senior when Jazz was supposed to start originally. Mm -hmm. So. If they can be respectful of her, they're certainly going to be respectful of Jazz. And yeah, a lot of people know who she is, but they don't say, I know, you know. Right, right. And they're not like using her to be, you know, become friends and be on the show. It's none of that. But people Good. think that, the worst of things like, oh, yeah, well, she only has friends because of this, that, and the other thing. And there's a lot of naysayers out there that love, you know, even within the community that love to pick on us and just go away. You don't have Yeah, go like- away. Don't say it if you don't have anything nice to say. And I see things on social media and we're friends on Facebook. If you're talking about me, I'm going to see it. So yeah, I made it very clear. Do not speak about me negatively on any support groups because I'm one of the members. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. And those people need to get a life. Why don't you do something good in the world? Do something to help people. I don't understand. We have all kinds of people commenting and saying negative things on our social media. And I try to delete everything. And Jackie's like, don't even waste your time. (laughs) Just leave it there. It speaks for itself. It doesn't reflect on us. It's just part of what comes with spreading the message that we're trying to spread in the world. And And you're doing so much good. Thank you. I hope to have the reach that you have someday. (laughs) Well, we'll I'm here, you know, maybe Hmm. you can come on the show one day if we're still doing it. We never know. Anytime, anytime. We don't want to be those people that, you know, try to get, we're just so happy that you came on our show and we know that our audience is going to love this conversation. And I hope so. I love your it. audience. Oh, yes. Uh, for anybody oh, yeah. supportive out there. No, it's all supporters, uh, supporters and fans. Uh, so, and if we can, on. yeah, if, any, if there's ever anything going on that we can help and support and get the word out with our Thank audience, you. just always keep us in mind. You know, we put out newsletters and we try to share, we try to stay up on what's happening, especially with trans rights and mm-hmm. legislation and all of that. So just, we're all in this together. We're all part of the community and Absolutely. we're working. I'm going to, I told my son the other day who runs my webpage, cause I don't know how to do that kind of stuff. I gave him um, your URL and I Ooh! said, I said, you got to put them on their list, our list of organizations. Oh. Thank so you. I, I have Thank to. You. I appreciate that. that. Thank you. We would love that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have to actually have somebody help me with my website because it's so outdated now. I'm not like involved in it the same way you are. So I really want to hire somebody to do this for me because I use volunteers and nobody 
continues on as a volunteer. It's a hard, it's hard to keep up with it all. We don't keep up. We're, I think we're making it look like we're keeping up more than we really are able to. <laughs> I think you're doing you know, a it's a lot. It's a lot. Well, you too. You too. You're Thank out you. there speaking. I see you doing giving talks on the speaking circuit, and I'm just cheering you on. And I'm so grateful that you're out there Thank doing you. this work. Yeah. I'm just you know I'm going to continue to do this. This is my life's work, and and I want everybody to know if Jazz does not want to do another season, we don't do another season, and it's all yes. up to her. Um, between her and PLC and, um, we'll see. I can never, I never know from season to season what we're doing, but we have a few more episodes this season coming out. It'll show the the amount of hate that she has received. I think that's going to be addressed and you can see in the previews what's coming up. Yeah. um, Yeah. People need to see that. Yeah. 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 There are some scary things that occur because the world is a scary place for transgender people and she has to watch with dating and any anything that she does. She has to make sure she's safe. Safety Absolutely. first. We always say disclosure before dating. And a lot of people give me pushback on that. But that's the way we function over here. Got to be forthright um, with people because you can put yourself in a dangerous situation. And now I've got off on another tangent. <laughs> no, I'm glad you mentioned that. I've heard you say that on the show several times and I'm cheering you on because there are a lot of families and parents watching that are having those conversations with their yes. transgender kids. And you're all so open about it all. And jazz seems very comfortable talking about these things so that other mm-hmm. families can learn because where else are people going to get that? I mean, maybe there's that information is out there in books and articles and things, but TV is such a staple yeah. still in the United States where I know of people who watch your show who don't get any information anywhere else. They're not seeking it oh. out. So you're the ones teaching them about well, those no. conversations. Yes. <laughs> no, you're doing a beautiful job because you're so open Thanks. about it all. Yeah. And you're, no, you're modeling that turning to, to us to get information because we try to hit as many topics as possible. Every season has a different feel to it. Um, yeah. But I think we've done, covered so much. It's, it's you have. What else do we have to do we, with TLCs? What's going on? And I'm like, I don't know because things on a daily basis, we didn't know Sander was going to be sick today during his race. I, I mean, know. Something you plan for. If, if, if you had been filming it, it would have been dramatic to show on television. Yes. You're like, what's going on and different? And I don't know. It's every day I wake up. I have no idea what's going to happen. So either yeah. bring the cameras in and let them roll or you yep. know, don't come back. I just well, it's led think. to some great TV moments. I have to say, <laughs> if you are, you know, your your you know stressful, chaotic situations do you know yeah. make some. But it is, I think that ultimately, it's a lot of people maybe tune in for entertainment, but they're getting education at the same time, and yeah. that's the beauty of it. That's what I'm so thankful for. Is that I, like I said, I really do know a lot of people who watch, and I know people who watch who aren't even who wouldn't really want to call themselves LGBTQ plus allies or advocates, but they just love your show because it's so, it's so entertaining, but it's also educational. And for those of us who are wanting to learn, you have it all there. And for those who are getting that kind of as a secondary (laughs) benefit, I'm Mm -hmm. so thankful even more because those are people who wouldn't necessarily seek out that information. So I just want to. Well, thank you for letting me know that. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So Jeanette, we probably, so, so again, I'll check in though. Is there anything that you wanted to talk to us and our audience about that we haven't asked you about? I'm sure we could go on all night. 
if you we love could it, you know we can just sit <laughs> i could for sure roll out the cocktail with my straw <laughs> i know really, really one of these know, days one of these days i would be up for that <laughs> off camera you having me here though this oh. has been a lot of fun and we really talked about some important issues so i'm glad absolutely and thank I'm you so, so much for taking the time to be here we really appreciate it well it's so nice to meet both of you and um the love between you is so beautiful that you have each other is a lovely thing because there's a higher force out there that put you together for a reason and the work you're doing i'm, I'm really in awe of so keep up the great work thank you Jeanette. Thank your you. encouragement means the world to us and your kind words mean a lot to us thank you so much and we'll stay in touch absolutely. and we can't wait Yes, we cannot wait to release this episode and share it with the world and get lots of great feedback. So thank you so much for being You're here. You're welcome. My pleasure. As I would say. We do that too. I don't know if it's a New York thing. We're both from New York, but <laughs> it's supposed to be this way. right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bye everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our Transgender School podcast. We hope you learned something new and that you're inspired to learn more. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And please be sure to check out our website, transgenderschool.org. You'll find many valuable resources there, including news about upcoming courses we'll be teaching. Make sure to join us for future podcast episodes. We'll catch you on the first Tuesday of every month. 